Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I want to have a solo episode where I talk to you about some of the like three whole person adjustments that I think are really critical for navigating pregnancy and postpartum as an athlete, but really just when pursuing a lifetime of athleticism. I feel like these three themes seem to come up a lot in my conversations with the athletes that I coach. This is going to be a short episode, but I think it's going to pack a lot of impact. And that's really what I'm going for today. So this came up when I was coaching a really high level athlete in conversation. I was like, not only are you putting a lot of pressure on your core system when you're lifting, but you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself in general, like that mental load of pressure that you are carrying to go harder, faster, push, et cetera, is a lot. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. You're maybe feeling a lot of pressure from people around you or the comparison game. And that's showing up in your breath control and how you're distributing with lifting. Like you have no idea how to, how to distribute some of that pressure, how to regulate some of that pressure. So when I'm talking about the physical pressure, I'm talking about the intra-abdominal pressure where maybe she's generating a lot out under her midline and she's seeing coning and then freaking out about that. Or maybe somebody is generating a lot of downward pressure and now they're feeling symptoms in their pelvic floor. So pressure is not bad. That's absolutely a part of being a human and it's part of growing a baby. How to distribute that pressure and sort of leverage it to work for your body during these seasons when a baby is naturally altering and shifting that pressure around is really where I want to focus that conversation so that there's no fear around coning or pressure and overthinking everything. There's just more information of, okay, what are my natural tendencies? And then what can I do about it? So when talking about that pressure, we can change that up with our breath and with the position of our movement, right? If we are constantly breath holding and generating a lot of pressure, you're seeing that constant coding. Okay. Can we distribute that breath wider? Can we distribute it backwards a little bit more? Can we put our hand on our belly to allow for our abs to draw away from our fingers so that way we're not generating so much pressure out and so much pressure on that core system, especially if you're feeling in your pelvic floor. Cool. But now let's shift and apply that to the mental pressure that we put on ourselves, whether you're pregnant, postpartum, or just someone like me pursuing a lifetime of athleticism, there is a certain amount of pressure to look a certain way, perform a certain way, compare ourselves to who we used to be, or hold like a high expectation for where we should be right now, or what we should be able to do, or what that other person is doing for whatever season of life they're in compared to where we are. There's just this a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. And that is such a self-sabotaging effort that will not yield true health 
and wellness for, again, that lifetime of athleticism. If we're constantly critical of ourselves and how much weight we've gained or how much weight we need to lose or, or what our body fat percentage is or what our deadlift numbers are or what we used to do versus what we're doing now, how fast you're able to go. We constantly put a ton of pressure on ourselves and being able to leverage that pressure to reach our goals in a really healthy and sustainable way is what we need to do. That's, you know, I'm going to be talking about that later, but leveraging athlete brain. And I talk about that so much in, in business, because if we can't learn to leverage the mindset piece of this, then none of the exercise recommendations or strategy adjustments really matter. Okay. Or they really don't, not unless you address the what, why, and how you're performing in general. The second piece of this is tension conversation. So I'll start with talking about muscular tension. That is tension generation and then how it's applied to lifestyle and exercise. A lot of people will naturally hold a lot of tension, whether it's in their traps, in their jaw, in their pelvic floor, in their glutes, sucking in their abs. There's just high tension athletes. It's hard for them to relax. I'm one of those people. I go to the nail salon and they're like, relax your hand. I'm like, I am. And they're like, no, like relax your hand. And so being one of those people that have a hard time bringing down levels of tension, especially when you've been trained, a lot of us as women have been sucking in our stomach our whole life, right? We hold a lot of tension in our core. Um, If you're somebody who has pelvic floor symptoms, you likely hold a lot of tension in your pelvic floor as well, Um, whether it's to feel like you're controlling urine or feel like something's going to fall out if you're somebody who has prolapse. Maybe there's, you're naturally holding a lot of tension there. Maybe you tore during childbirth and now there's a lot of scar tissue and okay, just hold a lot of tension there. And it's hard to relax. One thing I told this athlete that I was, that I'm working with is I want you to go in the shower where nobody is around you, where you're not looking really at yourself. And I want you to put your hands on your belly. And this is a pregnant athlete of mine, but you can do this postpartum and whatever season you're in as well. This, this applies to all. She just happens to be pregnant. I'm like, I want you to stop sucking in your stomach. And again, she's pregnant, but so many of us, even when we're pregnant, I gained like 50 or 60 pounds. I had a big old belly. It was still tempting to just like kind of hold our belly in because that's what we're used to doing. We're constantly generating a lot of pressure. When you suck in your stomach, you're also sucking in or like, I guess, holding a lot of tension, holding your pelvic floor as well. So I told her to go in the shower and I said, I want you to like, let it go. I want you to inhale exhale, let your belly go. Inhale, exhale. Okay. Like really let it go. Okay. Inhale, exhale. Now like let your stomach just relax. I want you to be as pregnant looking as possible right now. And again, this is applied to if you're actually pregnant or postpartum or just whatever, let your belly just completely let go. And that's going to give you an idea of how much tension you just naturally walk around with throughout the day, nevertheless applied to exercise. So it's really important to have that awareness of your own tendencies because that tension has a lot of carryover into symptoms and just general experiences. We have to be able to leverage tension to work for our long-term athleticism and symptoms instead of letting it truly control our body. You don't see high-level athletes that are like bracing and holding so much tension when they're running up and down the field or when they're you know, performing a lot of athletic tasks, they kind of move with grace and agility, right? And like, that's what we really want to promote is a body that doesn't have to generate a ton of tension 
just to perform. We don't need that. And you frankly don't even need a 10 out of 10 tension effort for your lifting most of the time. Maybe if you're going for like a really heavy load, like a PR or working at like above that 90%, but we also don't need to generate full body tension all the time. So that means when you're repping out deadlifts, it doesn't need to be this really tense, squeeze your glutes at the top, really like hold, like contract your core, turn on your core. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go harder, faster, and um, tighter with everything. It can be a lot smoother without having to generate so much tension and force in your body to perform that movement. And that's something that's really important to learn, especially when you're pregnant, is being aware of what that tendency is of you and then be able to slow it down and know that tension is not something that needs to be an all or nothing thing. Hanging out, if we're using a scale of one to 10 and 10 is max tension, think like the setup for a squat or deadlift, that's max tension. But for most of us, when we're working through our sets and our reps, we don't have to be like fully braced or like engaging the core all the way or squeezing, squeezing, squeezing everything. Like that's not necessary at a 10 out of 10 effort. We can bring that down to like a four or five effort for most people. And pregnancy, I would suggest lessening it even more because again, that baseline of tension we are already carrying is is fairly high for a lot of athletes, right? So take it back to that shower analogy. How long does it truly take you to go to like no tension in your abs, no tension in your vagina? It can take like a couple resets to get there. And then you're like, oh man, like that was a lot of tension I'm carrying there. And now when we shift this into the whole person approach, we can talk about the tension that we experience and allow from our environment as well. And this can be hard conversations. This can be inappropriate conversations around our body and the shifts and the changing, what we allow boundaries that are set or not set, um, comparisons to other people in the gym. It can create a tense environment. And that's not a healthy, happy place for us to live as people pursuing a lifetime of athleticism. If the environment we are keeping ourselves in and the variables that we control or don't have control of are creating more tension for ourselves. How can we adjust to that? How can we make the environment we're in more supportive? How can we set better boundaries when we go to the OBGYN and they want to weigh us and we're like, you know what? Like, I, I don't want to do that. It makes me feel really tense. It makes me feel really uncomfortable being so like a cognizant of these numbers. Okay. Please don't mention my weight to me. Don't mention it. I'll still weigh in. I'm not going to look at the scale, but don't mention that. And that was a, another conversation piece from this athlete I worked with was just that creating extra level of anxiety and tension, um, fear, and even like shame triggering some like disordered eating and thinking tendencies. So again, what environment is providing more tension than what is actually healthy for us? And then what can we do to manipulate that? How can we take back control of that situation so that we are truly in an environment that feels healthy and safe and right for what our body and life and brain needs right now. Last one is mental. So, you know, I talk about athlete brain quite a bit. I even mentioned that earlier in this episode. And here's some tendencies that I have seen a lot with working with pregnant and postpartum athletes in particular, but really this shows up prior to pregnancy and in pretty much any athlete who's pursuing long-term fitness, triathletes, runners, crossfitters, jujitsu, whoever, right? Like all of us who may be out of the 
pre postnatal stage and are now into a new season of continued fitness, there's still a line of like, I'm fragile. I can't do that. I don't have enough experience. I'm worried about my symptoms. I'm scared that fragile or don't lift over this amount of weight when you're pregnant or, you know, just like really rigid, fragile thinking or the invincible mindset of I can do whatever I'm fine. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I'm experienced. I know more. I know my body, just that like full send thinking, which doesn't really serve long-term sustainable lifetime of athleticism. Right. So we have to figure out how to hang out in the middle of that pendulum thinking where you're not fragile, but you are also not invincible. And I talk about that a lot with my pregnant and postpartum athletes. But again, this appeals to all of us. Like this is me too, where it's like, okay, maybe I'm not lifting the loads that I was a few years ago. And like, that's okay. Like I'm still lifting. Isn't that the point? I'm still lifting. Even if it's not what it was, I'm okay. I don't need to be pushing a ton of boundaries right now. That's just not what is personally on like my goal or interest right now is to be like really working towards a certain number, but I want to be able to, you know, not feel fragile either. I want to be fit. I want to feel strong. I want to go to jujitsu and feel like really good knowing that I'm learning something new. I'm a beginner. I still feel overwhelmed, but I'm ready to go there and, and not feel fragile and also not be like, oh, my body, I can just go full send with everything. Like, no, I don't need to do that either. And that can show up at CrossFit. That can show up in powerlifting. That can show up in triathlons or running in general. Like if your foot is killing you or your hip is killing you, do you really need to go that extra 0.5 miles? Do you? Do you need to run that half mile more? Or should you be like, you know what? I'm going to call it today because I don't need to push it any more than what I already have. Now, athlete brain and runner brain, it's really hard to navigate. It's really hard to navigate in pregnancy too, where you're like, well, I feel fine. And it's not a matter of if you can physically do it, it's more of the like risk um, benefit measure of there's a can I, and then there's a should I for, you know, the risk that may be imposed. And now there's a lot of things we can't control during pregnancy, but exercise selection is one of those things. And so is there a point of pushing boundaries in pregnancy when it's not about performance? No. And I'm here coaching professional athletes. We're like, yeah, their job depends on their performance. So cool. How do we know when to let up on the gas? And when do we know when to press down on the gas and really push it? Well, that comes from being really strategic with our choices throughout the process. And that's why I like to get with people during pregnancy so we can really game plan. Like what's the priority here? Is it to feel like a badass right now? Or is it to have your best possible chance of being a badass a year from now? And then getting back to your sport, getting back to your competitions, or just getting back to your recreational like love of exercise or that training environment, whatever it might be. So that's where we really have to look at that fragile versus invincible thinking that we that we see. And so athlete brain totally exists on a spectrum. And then with that, the whole person approach is honoring the shifts in changes in identity that so many of us experience. I want you to think back 10 years ago. Are you that same person? Maybe you're doing some similar things or maybe you have some similar thoughts, but you are not the same you from 10 years ago. You're not the same you from 15 years ago. And you're probably not even the same you from like 
three to five years ago either. So much of you has changed and evolved anyway, anyway. But we don't always like feel or see the change happening. It's not so blatant. It's not so in your face of like, holy shit, so much of me and my life and my interests and my thinking has changed. But pregnancy, I think, is one of the first times many of us have been like, whoa, this is a huge shift in my identity where there may be some mourning of who you were and what you were doing and what your life was like. And now this weird, awkward between season of like, okay, I've said goodbye to some things. I still want to hold on to those things. They're still part of me. They're still part of my identity. But I also know that there's no going back, whether we want to like truly admit that to ourselves or not. So there's this grieving of what was, even though there's excitement and anticipation for what's to come. And I think that's, that's really hard. It's really freaking hard to sit there and feel this, this shift in your life, in your identity, even though you, you know that it's a good thing. You're excited for it. You're not apologetic for it. I mean, maybe you are, and that's okay too. Um, but I think the majority of people are like, I, I want to be pregnant. I'm excited about what's to come and to meet this baby. Maybe I'm also scared and anxious, but ultimately, like, I know this is a good thing. And <laughs> it's also a hard thing. It's hard to shift and let that identity evolve over time. And pregnancy makes it so freaking blatant. It is so obvious. There's no denying that things are changing because it's changing every week. It's changing every month. And then we're getting closer to this, almost like this deadline. And then what? Now you're going through a transformation again. So it's these like really clear times of evolution in our life. And it's hard and it's so beautiful and everything that's to come is good and it is hard. And there's pieces that you're going to miss. There's pieces that will come with you and there are pieces that will dramatically change forever. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. And it's such a, I mean, I say like, there's no self-development that compares to business and parenthood. Like those, I feel like those two things really put you in the trenches of like, who am I? What am I doing? What do I want to do? Who am, what, who am I becoming? And you learned so hard in the fire of that, like of those trenches where you're, it's a huge time of self-discovery. And during that self-discovery, it's letting go of a lot of things that were, and then finding the things that you want to take with you if you can. And like, how can you make that work? So it is hard to have your identity shift and evolve. And it is also the most rewarding process because there's so much good on the other side of this and who you're becoming, especially, and please, please, please take note of this, like, especially when you're not trying to hang on and move backwards to what you were. Okay. When you're trying to hang on and pursue who you were six months ago, before, or a year ago, or you were your fittest ever before you got pregnant, when you are looking to move back, it's going to prevent you from moving forward well. And I want every person to really know that. And honestly, that does not just apply to pregnancy and postpartum. I personally am in a really hard shifting season of my life. And I know that the more I look back on what was and what, you know, like things that have happened or regrets or this or that, like that self-sabotage and it prevents me from what can I do today? to move toward a better tomorrow. 
to have a better outcome a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. Because if we're living in hindsight, we can collect some wisdom from that for sure, but it's going to prevent us from actually evolving into who we're becoming. And it's also like this self-sabotaging effort. When you are a mom, for example, a new mom, or you bring a baby into this world, living with your eyes on who you were is not going to make it an easy process of evolving into who you're becoming. It just won't. And there's a lot of things I wish I could have done differently after Kate was born. That was my first son because I was so preoccupied with like, well, I just want to look like this again. And I just want to like, have you ever like looked at a picture and be like, God, I thought I was so fat or so out of shape or so weak. And then you're like, yeah, I really freaking wish I would have been able to see that um, I was looking and moving and doing awesome things, but we don't have that perspective in the moment. Anyway, I was so caught up in looking back and setting my goals on what was instead of setting goals on what was to come that I feel like I missed out on a lot of his babyness, And um, it was already a really challenging season for me, but I fueled my own postpartum depression and anxiety as well because of that desperation and obsession to not look like I had a baby. Like I would tell friends that like, I just want to look like I didn't have a baby. I mean, there's a lot I could say about that. And that's maybe for another podcast episode, but when we fix our eyes on a previous life and ability and aesthetic and whatever, it is going to rob our joy that is possible for today. And again, this is something that does not leave you after just pregnancy and your postpartum recovery and whatever. This is something that applies to quite literally every season of life because we are changing. And like I said, pregnancy postpartum really puts it, um, puts it on blast because you're like, yeah, there's a significant transformation happening right now. But again, we're changing anyway. Who we were five years ago is not who we are today. And hopefully who we are five years from right now is not who we are today. I mean, God, there's a lot of excitement there and we and it allows us to give ourselves grace and gratitude for where we are at right now, what we're experiencing right now. So I hope you found value. I hope it makes sense. I know it's sort of hard to apply some of those physical versus whole person approaches with the pressure, the tension and um, mindset, but they all are connected. And that's why you know talking about this stuff when we're talking about coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes and really pursuing that lifetime of athleticism. We cannot be so narrowed into what's safe or unsafe and what's this core and pelvic floor exercise and what's a modification for this or that. Like it is so much more than that. And so being able to zoom out is going to help you make some of those micro decisions when you know the macro themes and adjustments that are needed to make during this season and beyond. Thank you for listening to the Practice Grade podcast. And please, if this resonated, I haven't been asking for reviews, but I'd really, really love for you to leave a review. It helps so much with getting this podcast out into the world and the support and the words and the programs and resources and everything like that. So if this resonated, if you found value here in this episode or any other episode, I would really love it if you could leave a review. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. 
Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.